What's up, family? Welcome into Speak. Now, look, y'all know we love y'all because we was all in Phoenix at the game yesterday. Some of us drove overnight. Some of us took first thing flights. But we're here. The biggest show of the year after the biggest game of the year. Shady, that's a chain, big dog. That's a chain. Like I like. Can I start this way? Eagles all-time rushing leader, LaShawn Shady McCoy. That is the brilliant Joy Taylor. And that's the one and only NFL insider on all things, Dave Hellman. Now, again, this was going to be probably the most um, hilariously comical and entertaining show in Speak history because we had a time. We had a time. A delirious man. show. Do we, do we have some of the images for the sights and sounds? Because we was at the game. Y'all see me, Shady. Red Carpet. He's out there at the red car, but okay. Joy Taylor living that box life, doing her thing out there at the games. That's Dave Hellman taking it all in. Confetti, confetti, confetti. That's me with Pat Mahomes Sr. After the game, talking to my guy. Okay. What was so, he smoking on? He's smoking on a, uh, he said a Philly blunt. He said he wasn't smoking on no Joe Burrow. I literally, I said, what's up? Uh, he said, yo, I love the show. I love you. Love Shady. Love everything y'all do. He said, but don't ever doubt 1-5. He said, I made 1-5 different. He said, I ain't smoking on no Joe Burrow. I'm smoking on a Philly blunt. That's, That's how I talk to him. On no Joe Burrow. That's how I made 1-5 different. I made 1-5 uh, different. Now, look, we literally were all in uh, Phoenix yesterday. So we're going to give you all the inside information, not just from watching the game, but from literally being at the game. The Chiefs, clearly Super Bowl champions. You all know that by now. Patrick Mahomes had himself a day. One of the cleanest games of his career. Touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Touchdown, no turnovers. Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Travis Kelsey all got in the end zone. They schemed it up, they dialed it up. It was so fun to watch and see, not just on TV, but Joy obviously in person. Joy, who deserves the most credit for the Chiefs win? Daddy said he made him different. He made him different. He told no lies. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, for sure. I mean, Really watching that game and considering the fact that he was doing all of that on a high ankle sprain, mm -hmm. which, you know, in football terms doesn't really sound that bad, but you know, go have a high ankle sprain Oof. and see if you can walk, let alone oh, do what Patrick Mahomes did. And two of the biggest plays of the game were Patrick Mahomes' runs. Yeah. Two of those runs changed the entire game. So the fact that he was able to do everything that he did through the air, but also make those big plays with his feet knowing that he – is injured, which would have been impressive if he wasn't injured, True. is really, really remarkable. And we're getting the opportunity to see one of the greatest players that the game has ever seen just entering his prime, which should be terrifying to the rest of the NFL, but should be a delight to all of us as, as fans. Obviously not Eagles fans today, but I think they can <laughs> still appreciate that at the very least, ah, if yeah. you're going to lose, you can lose to greatness. So Patrick Mahomes was unbelievable last night. Their offense was incredible in the second half, and we'll get into all of that, but you know, just, just to highlight what they did in the second half, they converted 93.8% of their first downs. The only reason it wasn't 100 is because McKinnon laid out to run right. the ball out. Yeah. So that should tell you what Patrick Mahomes is capable of doing. And he won that game, and he deserves credit for it. <sighs> yeah, it's a tough one, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. We lost, man. We, our, our boys fought hard. But, hey, it was a Shady McCoy Super Bowl. I want my Eagles to win, but then my favorite coach won, Andy Reid. So, um, if I had to pick who's more deserving, yeah. you can't say Patrick Holmes without saying Andy Reid. You can't say Tom Brady without saying Belichick. Fair. So, I go with Andy Reid and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. They played a phenomenal uh, game, right? Andy Reid was dotting it up. Patrick Mahomes made plays when he had to make plays. Nobody's open. A crazy uh, a pass rush, what's he do? He scrambles, gets first downs, seals the game. Andy Reid, let's talk about him. There's so many plays he had where there was guys wide open, Yeah. right? Yep. If I'm an all-star quarterback, which Patrick Mahomes is, MVP, it's so much pressure. What's better than having a coach that can help me out? Mm -hmm. Simplify the game plan for, for him. They ran the ball efficiently, which people know that Chiefs don't run the ball. Had 160 yards rushing, averaged six yards per carry. Andy Reid don't run the ball. He ran it enough to keep the game honest, keep it balanced. Them guys on the, on the, on the, on the pass rushers for the Eagles, everybody talked about it all week like we did. They canceled out the game. Yeah. They were done, so... I got to give a lot of love to Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. Shady, let me build on that because the most impressive thing Andy Reid did was late in the game, how he dialed it up like Shady just mentioned, and it allowed Patrick Mahomes to thrive like Joy just mentioned. So let me put this in full picture for the Chiefs have to score right here. What they identify is that Darius Slay and Avante Maddox are on Travis Kelsey and Kadarius Toney, but Kadarius Toney is going to go in motion. Andy Reid realizes, oh, they haven't rehearsed this. Avante Maddox and Darius Slay leave 
Kelsey and Tony wide open. This is all scheme, all scheme, all Andy Reid finding Kadarius Tony wide open in the end zone. Then just three minutes later of game time, after you'd already scored, they're going to do the same thing on the opposite side. Watch Sky Moore now. That's Avante Maddox for the Eagles. Sky Moore is going to go in motion. So Avante Maddox thinks. But Avante Maddox is going to take his eyes off of Sky Moore once he motions. And Andy Reid, based upon design and dialing it up, has Avante Maddox on the opposite hash and Sky Moore wide open for an easy touchdown in the end zone. So Andy Reid helped Patrick Mahomes as much as I've ever seen a coach help another player. So I think Joy hit the nail on the head and Shady really summarized it and encapsulated it perfectly. Andy Reid could not have done it without Mahomes and Mahomes could not have done it without Reid. But Dave Hellman, what did you see from the press box, correct? I, yeah, yeah, my first Super Bowl. I mean, I cover the Cowboys, so this is uncharted territory. How was it? Yeah. How was it? It was amazing. I mean, it's even as somebody who's done, you know, I've done this for 10 years. I've been in a lot of press boxes. I've been to State Farm Stadium half a dozen times. But in terms of magnitude, atmosphere, obviously, but even just the number of people, like a Super Bowl, it, it's a hectic experience, honestly. Like, there's an auxiliary press box. I mean, there must have been... Upward of 600 credentialed members of, of the press. I think I heard our broadcast team, like 2,000 people came together to put that on. Like, it's staggering to see it all in person. As for the game itself, everything y'all just said is right. And I could do five more minutes about Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But since we covered that, I just want to make sure we point out the guys who never get the credit. The Chiefs offensive line. Hopefully, I'm well, actually, hopefully I'm not the first, but I want to be one of the few to name them on national TV. Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith and Andrew Wiley. We spent a lot of time talking about what a mismatch that was in this game and how the Eagles pass rush with 70 sacks on the season. We, if you recall, if you watched Speak on Friday, I hope you did, we did like an <laughs> eight minute segment out on our awesome field on the set at the stadium. Live. And we did a whole thing about, like, okay, cool. Even Andy, like, Andy Reid's a good enough coach to take Hassan Reddick out of the game, but there's six other ones. What's Patrick Mahomes going to do? Well, the Eagles got no sacks. They got blanked. I think Orlando Brown tweeted last night, put it on a T-shirt. Mm. Zero sacks. An absolutely dominant performance. And, yes, some of that is because of Patrick Mahomes, and some of it is because of the scheme. But some of it is also because the Chiefs' offensive line just went out and road-graded these guys. They also ran for six yards of carry in this game, 160 on the night. Like, Isaiah Pacheco was a huge part of this game. You realize the Chiefs only had eight third downs? That's how successful they were on first and second down? That's offensive line play. Like, they were absolutely incredible. If you think back to uh, 2020, you could argue the reason the Chiefs aren't celebrating their third Super Bowl is because of offensive line play. Patrick Mahomes had no chance in that game. They retooled it. They traded for Orlando Brown. They signed Joe Tooney. They drafted Creed Humphrey. And these guys went out and dominated the best pass rush in the NFL. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid deserve a boatload of credit. But let's give a shout-out to those guys because they played the game of their lives in the biggest game imaginable. Shady, are you at all surprised? Because we knew, obviously, that the Chiefs' offensive line was solid. We didn't know how solid they were because nobody had seen anything like the Eagles' defensive line. But are you at all surprised that the Eagles' defensive line could not get there? And as somebody who knows Andy Reid better than anybody on national television – how in the world did Andy Reid scheme that up? I'm a little surprised, right, because I thought that it would be at least a challenge. Like, even if you don't get sacks, least pressures, like pressures, and, you know, or pass knockdowns. Yep. But this is how good Andy Reid really is. Like, just think about this for a second. In the second half, first of all, in the first half, the Eagles did a great job of managing the clock. I don't know if you, if you noticed that. Like, they had the ball way, way longer than the Chiefs. But in the second half, Pat threw the ball 14 times, 13 completions. Mm-hmm. One incompletion, it was a throwaway. Right? Getting the ball out quick. Even the designs you just showed, that was amazing. That's really game plan, right? I, and I hate to say, like, oh, it, it, was, it was Andy Reid. It was Andy Reid, but they've been working on that, like practicing that. Like, okay, when you get in the red zone, they're going to bring some pressure. Gonna go, man, we keep hitting it with the jet sweeps. So if his man covers and his pressure, the, the cornerback has to go, he has to flow over yeah. top. Bet. Andy Reid's seen it all week. Watch tape on it. Boom. When it happened, when it, when it, when it presented itself, the opportunity, as they went with the sweep, he stopped, hit him with the pass, yep. and he did it over and over again. So that just shows you how good of a coach Andy Reid is. And then Patrick Mahomes, like, he is a great player because even plays like that are called gimmies. Andy Reid kind of diced that up for that play. But even the ones where it was nothing there, Kareem extra time, when they did get a little bit of pressure, stepping right, stepping left, hitting the scene, running it, passing it, 
It's a great game, man. Now, great George, game. from inside the stadium when Mahomes got hurt, it was a little harder to see. Because, like, we didn't get the slow angle replay of T.J. Edwards tackling yeah. him and twisting him. But from where you were watching the game, how nervous were you for the Chiefs when it was now 24-14 to 14, going into half? Mahomes has just gotten tackled. We thought the Chiefs might be able to get points. They don't end up getting points. The Eagles instead go down, and instead of getting ten, seven, they get three. Where was your mindset, even from being inside the stadium, saying, like, uh-oh, the tide and the energy has shifted? No, no. Never in doubt. I mean, I picked the Eagles to win the game, but I also mentioned over and over last week that this wasn't a bunch of busters. (laughs) This is a very serious team. They're not some scrappy underdogs. Scrappy Super Bowl champions. There's all pros all over the place. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. Look, I'm sure you you felt good as an Eagles fan with that lead, but did you did you not feel like there's an opportunity for them to come back? It's Patrick Mahomes. I never. There's not really a lead that that a team could have on Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes that I would be nervous they couldn't get back in it. So even though that's scary, this is the Super Bowl. We've seen some incredible second-half comebacks by teams with all-time greats on the other side of the ball in, in Super Bowl. So I, I got to be honest, I, I really never felt like it was out of reach, even with a lead that big. I'm not going to say I felt like it was out of reach, but I there was a period, like, end of second – or end of first half, like, when, when Pat had been hurt – and the Eagles are driving. They wound up settling for a field goal. There was some goofy circumstances there. Long pause because of a couple of reviews. I was sitting up in the press box, and I was like, okay, I can imagine this kind of following the Eagles script where yeah. they, they get maybe – I mean, they had a chance to even take a bigger lead. thought it was going to go 28-14. And I'm like, they're going to lean on the run game in the second half, and they can outlast the Chiefs, especially if Patrick Mahomes isn't fully healthy. And God forbid if he doesn't play. Like, if Chad Henney finishes this game, the Chiefs are not winning it. All of that stuff was going through my mind. Then I got really distracted by Rihanna, and then the Chiefs came out and did their thing. Did you see that play right there, though? Which one? That's another Andy Reid play. It, it was a pick route with wide receiver and Travis Kelsey. He motioned in. He picked it, and then he did an out and up. Normally, when you do a pick, it's just a straight, mm-hmm. you know, wheel route. Went out and up. The one they scored a touchdown on, woo, it was dangerous. You know what's that? It's it is a beast, dog. It's fascinating because, like, as I was watching the game, Shady, there were several plays that the Eagles players made that I was like, yo, that made was a yeah. heck of a play. Yeah. But when I saw the Chiefs making credible plays outside of Patrick Mahomes, I was usually like, phenomenal design. Yeah. A.J. Brown, like, that was just a great play. That wasn't a great play design. Devontae Smith, clearly it was overturned. People were like, was it a catch, was it not a catch? Dallas Goddard made two incredible catches. I believe one counted, one didn't. But outside of the Kelsey shoestring catch, everything else I was just like, Andy Reid, phenomenal design. Meanwhile, A.J. Brown out there fighting for his life. (laughs) Just trying to make – go ahead, go ahead. I agree with you for the most part. I thought thought Pacheco was amazing in this game. Like, I mean, we know how angry he runs. He was – he was formidable. And, and some of that is design, right? Just getting. But he, no, he ran But hard. he was running oh, hard. hard. Check, check and he, hard. he had some run. Well, oh, no, never mind. Save it. Because I, yeah. Save it. <laughs> Yo, check it in on our social life. Dave Hellman, you will love to see this one. Micah Parsons. I guess he's predicting the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. Quote tweeting Calais Campbell, who said, I really want to play in Super Bowl 58. Parsons, better put a star on your helmet then, big bro. Ooh. How you feel about that one, Dave? I love it. I mean, the, the the joke about, like, why would you want to play for the Cowboys if you want to play in a Super Bowl? Like, it's right there. But I'll go <laughs> this way. I'll go this way. If you Like, if you're a Cowboy fan and you're looking for optimism, the Cowboys are notoriously stingy in free agency. Like, they haven't given out a meaningful contract in a decade. But if your best players recruiting people actively on social, I mean, if anybody's got this way to change that, maybe Micah can. Where I don't you, know. Eddie, where you at? Oh, I love it. I mean, Calais is perfect, and I love that Micah. Listen, I agree with you, actually. I think Micah could change things over there. If Micah, anybody can. If anybody can. If you've got little LT on your team, and he wants Calais <laughs> Campbell. Micah. Yeah. And it sh- he should. And the, the Cowboys do need to disrupt some things. We don't need to talk about the Cowboys. They do. I have, I'll be <laughs> honest, though. I don't, I don't know if Calais is going to Dallas, though. I got to be real. I saw, we, well, we didn't see Calais. I tried to get him on the show. He didn't come on the show. But I talked to Calais. He's at 99 sacks. Ooh. He's trying to get to 100. Dallas sounds like the perfect place for yeah, him. Yeah, why would he get that? But there? Calais is a person of loyalty. Arizona for the first, like, eight years, and he's been in Baltimore since. I don't know if he's leaving, man. I don't know if he leaving. Maybe. Hey, money talks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, go. money does talk because fresh off a Super Bowl loss, well, the Eagles lost their offensive coordinator, Shane Sykin, and they also lost their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, to the Cardinals. So that money clearly lured them away, but... 
as I navigate my stages of grief with the Eagles losing, that second stage is anger. And Eagles fans, you're going to be very angry when you hear this because luck does not favor the loser of Super Bowls. As a result, it's not going to get great in Philly for a while, I don't think. At least it might not stay great. Dave, I was thinking about it this morning. 2014 Super Bowl. The Seahawks, they lost to the Patriots. For the Seahawks after that loss, it wasn't really great for them for a while longer. 2015 Super Bowl. I'm just doing this off the top of my head, so bear with me if I make any errors. 2015 Super Bowl. The Broncos beat the Panthers. For the Panthers, it didn't really get great for them again after that. 2016 Super Bowl. The Falcons lose to the Patriots. Well, for the Falcons, obviously, as you all know, it didn't get great for them after that. 2017 Super Bowl. Thankfully, the Eagles won. Because had the Eagles not won, they were clearly going to wait for another five years and have a quarterback turnover. Obviously, the Patriots who lost have Tom Brady, and he is an outlier for all statistics. 17, the Patriots lose, but in 18, the Patriots win. What happened in the 18? The Rams. The Rams lost. And the Rams, they also had their own quarterback turnover. They also had a lot of drama after that. What happened in 19? In 19, the 49ers lost. 49ers, they wanted to draft a replacement because it wasn't very pretty for them after that. Then obviously we know what happened in 20. The two outliers face each other. Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady. 2021, the Rams, thankfully they win. Because in 2022, y'all saw what happened with the Rams. Luck does not favor the loser. As I'm sitting here thinking about the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon, he's chunked the deuces. He said, I'm gone. Goes to the Cardinals. Shane Steichen, he chunked the deuces, said, I'm gone. Goes to the Colts. The Eagles had so much go right for them this season. From their day one starting lineup, they had the fewest players missing time. So much went right for them this season. I think about the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott missed five games, maybe. Yeah. I think Cooper Rush went four and one, something like that over that stretch. I think about other teams in the NFC. Obviously, um, the Buccaneers, in preseason, they guys got hurt. Then I think about the Eagles. And I'm like, okay, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he did miss time. He missed about four or five weeks. Avante Maddox, he did miss time. Lane Johnson played through it. Jalen Hurts missed two games that didn't really matter all that much because he handled all his business beforehand. Eagles offensive line, they didn't really miss any time. Miles Sanders healthy, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they were healthy. Dallas Goddard, yeah, he was banged for a little bit. But so much went right for these Eagles. Historically speaking, when you have that chance to get it done, you got to get it done. That's why the Eagles did it in 2017. Kudos and congratulations. Birds, if y'all wouldn't have got it done in 2017, y'all might not have a ring to this point. So as I think about it right here and right now, and again, I apologize, Joy, because I am navigating, what is it, anger, denial, depression, bargaining, acceptance. I'm somewhere in that anger and denial <laughs> stage. So I do apologize, Eagles fans, for my emotions. But I can't help but wonder if this season was a flash in the pan, but where do you stand? I mean, I think I disagree with how you're looking at the losers of those teams. Obviously, I would agree that the Panthers would be in that conversation. I think I'm that the, the, Falcons. the Falcons obviously are in that conversation, but everyone else, else is still in pretty good shape. The Eagles were back in the Super Bowl after winning. So they won, the and then they were back the playoffs in. for four or five years after that. The Super Rams Bowl. won a Super Bowl a few years after losing that Super Bowl. The Niners are they habitually competitive. Three NFC title games in the last, how what, five years? Yeah. But I'm thinking about the context of this all. Because the Rams did go back. But they went back with Matthew Stafford, and they acquired Von Miller in the middle of the season. The 49ers almost went back this year, obviously. But clearly, we know all the hell they went through to maybe go back. They drafted Trey Lance somewhere in there. There was a guy named Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, in there. They almost traded Jimmy G, but then they decided to keep Jimmy G. I think about the Rams. They fell off a cliff after last season. Clearly, the Seahawks were still competent, but there's a difference between being competent and being in the Super Bowl. I, my, my thought, Joy, is not that the Eagles aren't going to be good. I think they'll be good, but will they be like this? Will they be like, we haven't seen a back-to-back -back NFC East champion since 03-04. Like, that to me is the fear. Will they even win the division again next year? Well, I mean, everything changes, but... I mean, there are, outs there are very few outliers of teams that make it back to the Super Bowl year to year. The right. Chiefs did not make the Super Bowl last year. They won this year. Well, no one would have said that the Chiefs fell off. They didn't make it back to the Super Bowl. It's very hard to do that. Really, really hard but to do. These teams did not fall off the face of the earth, and even if they did have a down year, they're back again. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm when I think of that, I think of the Falcons. When I think of that, I think of the Panthers. Those are teams that were like, okay, 
you're done. Yeah. <laughs> like that was that was clearly a run. That was a flash in the pan. All these other organizations have retooled as you do every year, as every team will do, and have for the most part either been consistent or back there again. Like the Rams went back and won a Super Bowl. Having a different quarterback within a five-year span is not that outrageous. The Eagles did the exact same thing. They just didn't win this time. They won the time before. So I don't think these are flash-in-the-pan organizations. To make it back to the Super Bowl is very hard. If that's the standard, then perhaps. But I would not call that a flash-in-the-pan. I, I, I think that they will be competitive again next year. I think that when you're talking about the young quarterbacks in that conference, it favors Jalen Hurts and the Eagles as well. And when you're talking about what is going to return – for these two teams, the foundation will be there in Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni. And you also have Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard. You have a lot of guys who are coming back as well. They have a lot of free agents. Yep. But the other thing that they have that's not going anywhere Say is it. our dear friend Howie, which is, Howie. A big part, Howie. <laughs> which is a big part of the reason why they're back again. Dave, um, yeah, they do have a lot of players returning. Miles Sanders, free agent, pivotal. They have to make a decision on him. Not so much flash the pan organization. I think the Eagles are one of the most consistent organizations over the last 20 years since the turn of the century. Yep. Drafted Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid. I'm talking about the season. Do you think that Jalen Hurts, what, 16-2 and two as a starter, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. would you call this, and do you think this might be a flash-in-the-pan season for the Eagles? There's always going to be a sense of anxiety when you don't win a Super Bowl because it's really, really hard to do. I mean, we think about the quarterbacks that have done it multiple times in a short period of time. Because, like, think like Peyton Manning as an example, an all-time great, but think about how long it took him to get to the second one. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about guys that have do it in quick succession, we're talking about Brady and Mahomes, who we all agree. You, so you got to have, like, a top-five type of guy to have a hope of doing that. So there's an anxiety. I don't know if the Eagles are going to do it again. I don't think they're a flash in the pan because of the way that they're constructed and the way that they operate. Again, we, we talked about the talent. We know all of that's there. At the very least, we know that the Eagles have – uh, a quality quarterback. I'm not ready to put Jalen in a certain place, but we know he's a damn good quarterback. What? Mm. <laughs> when I say that, I just mean I'm not ready to put Jalen Hurt. Like, I don't know if he's the second best quarterback in the league. That's all I'm yeah, saying. They, oh, oh, okay. That's, no, yeah. that's all I mean. That's I, he, okay. They have a damn good quarterback. Top five. The, okay. We can we'll do, address that later. We'll that later. Regardless, <laughs> I really didn't mean to derail this. They have a hell of a quarterback. Their receivers aren't going anywhere. Their offensive line isn't going anywhere. They've even done smart things like even if Jason Kelsey retires, they drafted Cam Jurgen in last year's draft who can take his place. Jordan Davis could take the place of a Fletcher Cox. By the way, have I mentioned enough times on this show that they have two first-round picks yeah. because of smart things that they've done in the past? They are very, very well positioned to sustain this success. I would bet you $20 today that we'll be back in the playoffs next year. What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. Now, y'all see the whole city of Kansas City. They are lit right now. The parade is going on as we speak. Patrick Mahomes, he's turned. The city is turned. But the most highly debated sports topic going on right now, I have to bring you all into. Where does that man, this man, Patrick Mahomes, rank amongst the best quarterbacks of all time? I do not want to wait any longer. I got to give you all my list and understand your feedback. Okay, let's get it started. My top five. It's very simple. Tom Brady, let's keep it simple, people. Joe Montana <laughs> at number two. Number three, Peyton Manning. Y'all know what he did throughout the duration of his career. And this is now where you see this young Superman and Patrick Mahomes coming in at number four on my list. And lastly, Dan Marino. He rounds out my top five greatest quarterbacks ever. People might say, Acho, why you got Dan Marino on the list? Dan Marino threw for 5,000 yards in 1984, back when the league average was 3,400. Y'all realize how insane that is? This is my top five. Brady, Montana. Manny, Mahomes, and lastly, Dan Marino. But I got to come to the brilliant panel, the brilliant individuals at this desk to see just how crazy I am on the far end of speak. That is Dave Hellman, all things NFL inside. Such a polite wave, Dave. Hi. <laughs> he, worked, he worked out. He can't lift I'm his at the today. parade, you know. Like, I'm on the float Such today. a polite Hi. wave. You already know her, the brilliant Joy Taylor. Joy, do you miss being introduced with a live audience? Uh, that was fun. That was, that was you fun. You missed the live audience. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't even. It, it was fun. I do think that maybe we can add we can add the doctor in when you're in. Uh, understood, doctor. You did love the Joy line. Taylor, and this is 12-year NFL blitz. Will Blackman. Oh, oh, yeah, two times, two times, two times. Uh, Super Bowl champ. 
with the New York Giants, played for the Green Bay Packers, among several other teams. Will, you played for 12 years, so you faced a lot of great quarterbacks. I did. You played with Aaron Rodgers, with great quarterbacks. I need your top five list on the most highly debated topic right now. Uh, my top, first of all, I faced a couple of these on, on your list. But, yeah, number one, Tom Brady, like mm-hmm. you said, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, number two. Ooh. Where are we? Where are we going? Pat Mahomes, baby. All second all time on my list. Number three, Joe Montana. Joe Montana, obviously. Uh, number four, Peyton Manning. Number five is Joy's favorite QB, Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> you, you omitted a name, sir. You omitted a, a name. So I don't see, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see Dan Marino. No. On that list. And I also Love Dan. see. Pat Mahomes at number two. You do already? see him at number two. Yeah, already. Already. You know, I, I just, just, we, in the, just in the short amount of time, his body of work and just everything he has done, he has taken over this league the past five years. And I already, what, what he has done and what he's going to do, I'm already putting him right there at number two. All time. Oh, if we can do that, yeah. then that's a different you know, conversation. If we, if we can't do the projection, are we doing the no projection? I think so right now. I think so right now, and he's not going to move. Not like for a while. Like if his career ended tomorrow, like he at the end of this parade, he was like, surprise, <laughs> no more football. You keep him at number two with with his career. Well, that's now, what we now we're getting into like yards and stats and stuff like that. Of course we are. Yeah. 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 We're talking about the top five. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, number two all time, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Joy, I need to hear some more reason, some more sense out of your list. Where do you start? Uh, well, this is the correct list. Uh, number one, Tom Brady. Keep it simple. Of course. Keep it simple. Of course, of course. Uh, number two is Joe Montana, who was widely considered to be the GOAT for a very long time before Tom Brady He was Tom's GOAT. Him. Mm-hmm. He was Tom's GOAT, correct. Yeah. He, was, he was really all of our GOATs. We were all saying that. Number three is Peyton Manning. Number four is John Elway. That's, that's valid. And number five is Patrick Mahomes. Now, I, I could hear some arguments for people other than Patrick Mahomes. I would put Pat Mahomes mostly for the reasons that you're mentioning. I don't want to project Patrick Mahomes' career, though. And that's why I have John Elway there above Patrick Mahomes. Because at this point, we can't get caught up into what we think Patrick Mahomes will do when we're evaluating him as the great, amongst the other greats. Mm-hmm. That's where we're getting a little unfair. John Elway played for 16 seasons. Sure. That's a very long career. It is. John Elway was in five Super Bowls. He had five Super Bowl appearances. Patrick Mahomes only has three. Now, we are imagining that he will have more of them, and I do think that Patrick Mahomes will move up this list. But the way I'm looking at where he ranks all time, it's what he has already accomplished. I think being top five all time is is a perfectly great place for him to be at this point in his career without projecting what he's going to do moving forward. But the correct list is Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, John Elway, and Patrick Mahomes. Elway over Mahomes is fascinating to me, though, because same amount of Super Bowl wins. Mm -hmm. Mahomes got more MVPs. Clearly, Elway has more Pro Bowls by nature of playing longer. Um, Mahomes has higher highs. Is it just a matter of your Pro Bowls? Is it a matter of your appearances? Or is it just, he look, he played for 16 six- seasons. Like, John Elway played for 16 NFL seasons. That is a very long career. He also went to more Super Bowls. We don't hold that against LeBron James when we talk about right. his, the conversations right. of, of him being great. You have to get to the game in order to actually win the game. I think that that, I think that matters. Like, we're talking about what... Patrick Mahomes has, do, has done right now right, yeah. in six seasons. But, when he gets to 16, I think he will have more accolades than, than John Elway. But right now, he doesn't, and that should matter. Yeah, right now for him, it's just padding. I think it's, it's just padding stats for yes. now. Because what he has done, he hit the pinnacle in terms of MVPs and Super Bowls. I look at someone like Terrell Davis, who's in the Hall of Fame, with 7,000 yards rushing. Yep. You know, because he has reached the pinnacle with Super Bowls and MVPs. Which, that's why I keep saying, like, Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to play anymore to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. And, that's, and Terrell Davis is a great example of that. Like, if you play at a certain level, longevity doesn't matter. It's always longevity versus transcendent, and Patrick Mahomes is transcendent. And he has a chance to be both, which is why, of course, he's on my list. Can I just say, I love... If we, when we do these lists, all of the logos are Hall of Fame, and we use the NFL shield for Brady because he's not eligible for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Just and then, put it there, please. Then we, got, I know, right? then we got the Mahomes with the Chiefs logo because he's still active, which Will threw Aaron Rodgers in there, which I'm surprised we didn't go deeper on that. Yeah, That's threw okay. him Where in you there. at, Dave? What's your list? What's your list? Can, I, can I see mine? Actually, plenty of smoke for Aaron later. I've got – I have Joy's list. I just flip-flop Pat and And, and I'm okay with that. Which, so – it's funny, though, like on Monday I said it was really just Montana and Brady, but then I thought about it. Peyton Manning's individual accolades yeah, deserve, go crazy. They oh, deserve right. more they respect. Crazy. I mean, 
He re- he's a seven-time first-team All-Pro. Yes. He, like, Pat would have to win, set, what, six more of those to, to pass, him? pass him? Yeah. And five MVPs. And five MVPs. Woo! He's the record holder. Woo! So, Peyton Manning deserves three. That's why Aaron's on my list. Four I jumped MVPs. the gun. That's fair. Yeah, but the, the championship with a P, I think that matters. Personally, that's just me, which is why I put Elway five. For all the reasons that you just said, I think Elway's career is incredible. I think Patrick Mahomes has surpassed it just in the sense of the highs. Mm-hmm. Elway's been to five Super Bowls. He got rocked in three of them. I know Pat, Pat, Pat caught an L in a Super Bowl as well, but just what we've seen, two Super Bowl wins, he was the catalyst for those. Yep. I think it's fair to point out how loaded those Broncos teams that finally got Elway his championships were. So for all of that, he's already got more MVPs. I put Pat above Elway, but I think they both belong. Which is why I have Pat above Montana. Let me ask you all this, though. How much does championship, championships, champion matter? I have Marino on my list. I was the only one who had Marino on his list. But I just think Marino was such a unique talent. For context, viewer at home, Marino threw for 5,000 yards in 1984. We did not see another 5,000-yard passer until 2008. I don't think y'all understand what throwing for 5,000 yards in a running league when the defenses had a much more leniency really means. That's why, for me, I got Marino in my top five because Manning has championships. But the year that Manning won his second championship, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. Are we going to let that extra – now, I think Manning is – and should be number two or number three. But are we going to let that dictate greatness, even when you add in the context well, of, like, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions? Well, you've got to be a champion in some respect to, yes. have, the greatness, to, top to have greatness next to your name, like you just mentioned. But yeah. I also think that the conversation with Dan Marino is fair when you're talking about talent. Mm-hmm. But the talent and the championship should matter when you're talking about ranking the greatest of all time. Right, yeah. Like, obviously, many people consider Dan Marino to be the most talented quarterback that has ever played the game. But there are other guys who are close to that talent who also won championships. Like, you, we, it's not – that's why I always bring up the, the beauty pageant thing. Like, yep. it's – we actually have measurables for what the greatness is, and it's MVPs, and it's all pros, and it's Pro Bowls, and it's championships, and it's Super Bowl MVPs, like Super Bowl appearances. Those things matter also. Well, we got Dave's take yesterday. We got Joy's take yesterday on this very interesting question. What would it take, and is it possible, for Patrick Mahomes to surpass Tom Brady at the greatest of all time? On your list, can we throw Will's list back up there just so the viewer can have context if they're just joining us? On Will's list, Will already has Patrick Mahomes number two, behind only Tom Brady. So it's not an extreme and extravagant leap. But what would it take for Patrick Mahomes to surpass Tom Brady in your mind as the greatest of all time? He needs seven or eight Super Bowls. That's it. It comes down to rings. Honestly, yeah, at this point, it comes down to rings when you're chasing Tom Brady. Um, He plays long enough. Like, Mahomes will probably get a lot of passing yards. Of course. Against play long enough to possibly, you know, become the all-time leader in passing yards. But to truly catch Tom, now it's about Super Bowls. Because at his point in his career, that's all it came about. Even though last year he did have his greatest uh, season in terms of stat-wise, but at this point, it's now just about Super Bowl. Let me ask you this. You played 12 years of DB. You played cornerback. You played, I assume, I played the whole secondary. Played, so you played all of it, right? I did. You played all of it. Brady has three MVPs, regular season. For Patrick sure. Mahomes got two regular season MVPs. If Mahomes were to give you four or five regular season MVPs, along with four or five Super Bowls, would you look at his five regular season MVPs and his five Super Bowls and say that is greater or he is a greater quarterback than Brady, even though Brady got seven Super Bowls? Yeah, I, w- I would still – here's the thing, too. Now, if Andy Reid is still his coach – throughout this time, him winning the, I guess, what, the five more Super Bowls? Yep. Then I can see that. But if, he, if there's a revolving door of coaches and he's still getting it done, if there's no Travis Kelsey, this gotcha. other guys, and he's still the constant for that, that team, then I can see it. But still, for me, the initial thought process is like he has to get seven. Welcome back to Speak. Now, the things I'm about to tell you change the trajectory of NFL franchises as five new franchises have changed their coach. Now, one of them, Sean Payton, is a Super Bowl head coach. The other, D'Amico Ryans, he was the number one defensive coordinator in all of football last year. Two of the coaches that have stepped into play, they were formerly on the Philadelphia Eagles staff, the staff that just went to a Super Bowl. So now let's break down the hires. What team got it right? What team got it wrong? And let's rank them in order of who I think is most likely to succeed. At number five, 
Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, formerly now with the Arizona Cardinals at head coach. I have him at number five because he has a tall task. The tallest of tasks is dealing with Kyler Murray, the shorter quarterback. At number four, how about Shane Steichen? Shane Steichen, he's the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia Eagles, now the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. They got to find a quarterback. They've been searching. They've been waiting. They still don't have a quarterback. If he can figure out the quarterback dilemma, he can figure out that team. Remember, he was with the Chargers when Justin Herbert had the rookie record of 31 touchdown passes and the Eagles when Jalen Hurts had the NFL record of 18 rushing touchdowns. And number three, my former teammate D'Amico Ryans. The only reason I do not have him higher is because I do not necessarily trust the Texans franchise just yet. Furthermore, they have to land on their first round pick at quarterback. Is it going to be Bryce Young? Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? Whoever it is, D'Amico's future is dependent on that QB. At number two, Frank Wright. Frank Wright, former Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. I have him at number two because the Carolina Panthers have assembled a brilliant, and I mean brilliant, staff. More than anything, they have a dominant running game that they know they can already lean into, and they have playmakers on defense, a la Brian Burns. At number one, this is very easy and self-explanatory. Sean Payton got to spend a lot of time with him this past weekend and a fellow on Fox covering the Super Bowl. Sean Payton's already been to a Super Bowl. He knows how to get there. He's won a Super Bowl. He's coached one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees. And now he will coach a player whose Hall of Fame potential is lying and waiting and dependent upon Sean Payton. This is how I have it broken down. Sean Payton being in the best situation, or at least he will make his situation the best. Joy Taylor, you know all of these coaches. You've covered this sport for a long time. So which coach is most likely to succeed? I think it's Sean Payton. I think for all the reasons that you mentioned, obviously this is an organization that is not habitually dysfunctional, which I think matters. They have very, very wealthy owners who are interested in winning. I think that also matters. And they have Russell Wilson. Sean Payton has shown the ability to elevate all types of quarterbacks at all different levels. I think Russell Wilson's going to go into the season very aware of what's at stake, not just for the team, but also for himself legacy-wise. And Sean Payton has the resume and the gravitas to walk in there and demand that everybody changes how they're, they're doing things. They had a bad season, yes, but he's not having to reinvent the wheel in Denver, and so I feel like he's in the best situation. I love Sean Payton. Young Dave owes him a lot of wonderful memories growing up a New Orleans Saints fan. But we did the first segment on this show about who? Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes. We said he was like one of the five best quarterbacks living. He is in that division. He plays in the AFC West. (laughs) Sean Payton's job is to beat Patrick Mahomes. That's that I just want to point that out. Like that is a tall task. I I think Sean Payton's gonna be fine. And this just proves that I'm a draft nerd, but if I have to pick of any of these guys, I'm so excited about D'Amico Ryans in Houston. And I think the reason why is because more than anybody else, he has a chance to build a team in his image because of the draft capital. Like when you trade away Deshaun Watson for everything, like they had, they got two firsts again this year. They got two firsts next year. They pick second, 12th, 33rd and 65th in this year's draft. And that's just this year. They have two more first-round picks to play with next year. They have a huge opportunity to restock this roster. They're going to have a chance at a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever. They can add some serious talent to this team. I get that Houston seems a little bit dysfunctional, but I think between giving D'Amico such a coach-friendly contract, when they the, the terms that they signed him to, to me says, hey, we're going to do our best to get out of your way. You know, they got rid of Jack Easterby and whatever that weirdness was that was going on down there. I'm going to trust that Houston is going to operate as more of a functional franchise moving forward because I don't think D'Amico Ryans would be there if he didn't believe that. So when you combine that with all of the draft picks in the world, I'm just really, really excited about what Houston could be. No, and that's a fair point. And my answer is Sean Payton, but you do make a fair point about D'Amico Ryans. I would add to that is that he's in the AFC South, which is wide open every single year. We can see the same with Frank Wright. Now that Tom Brady's out of there, the NFC South is wide open every single year. So I can see both of them succeeding very well in their conferences. But I just, I, I just love the, the Sean Payton hire. I, I was pounding the table all year saying this is the guy. And I didn't think he would take any other jobs because I know, for, number one, Dallas, if he didn't have any power, he's not going to go there. And I'm sure he doesn't want to develop a quarterback in Houston, like he doesn't want to build a new team. So this is probably the most ready-made team uh, for him. And he has 
a, a wonderful quarterback who had a really down year, but he's but Russell is still legit and he has a really good defense. And so I just I just love the fact he came in there and he's gonna he's gonna do what Hackett wasn't able to do at the beginning of the year, and that is to win over the locker room. I think that was the biggest problem with him and Russell. They came in immediately and they never got the locker room, which is why they struggled the whole year. And so sure, he's gonna come in already having some respect, but I think he's going to earn respect because he's going to know how to build a culture. And that's the only thing Denver was missing last year. They were missing a culture. They had the guys. They just didn't know how to get out of their own way. And they have a guy who can lead them to do that. And I know his, he knows Kansas City is the problem. So his whole mission is going to be to try to beat them. So I think he's going to be outstanding. You were drafted by Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Then you end up with the New York Giants playing under Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin won a Super Bowl. To me, Tom Coughlin, one of the greater, greater head coaches of the generation. Mike McCarthy, one of also, obviously, the greater head coaches by nature of winning a Super Bowl. Will, you played a long time in a league. What actually makes a head coach a difference maker on a team? Not what we see at home, not what we read about, not what people tweet about, but as somebody who's been behind the walls, what actually will make one of these newly hired head coaches make their team successful? Yeah, so when I was in Green Bay, well, Coach McCarthy, he, in the beginning, when he first got the job in 2006, he did butt heads a lot with a lot of our star players like Brett Favre and Charles Woodson. Like, he, he did butt heads early. He learned to, like, he said, I need to get on the same page with these guys because these are the leaders on our team. So over the course of like two or three years, he finally got on the same page with everybody and understood like how important it is to let me talk to our leaders and veterans and continue to help build a culture around that and around what I'm trying to do. That was the same thing with Coach Coughlin. He had an actual leadership committee of guys where they met privately with Coach Coughlin so he knows what's going on within the locker room. And he also had his own uh, culture around the team on what to do. So they were able to just get guys to buy in on, into the culture. And then I was on teams where the veterans or the players were able to police themselves, where it's like that's the most beautiful thing. So the most important thing for a coach is, like, again, as I mentioned earlier, to win over the locker room and just be on the same page with everybody and just be consistent throughout what you're trying to do. So I really see that for Sean Payne because, again, I'm going to reiterate, Denver, they were just, it was, I went to one of their practices, and they had a great practice, but I could just feel the vibe. This is in London. I felt the vibe of like, man, they just need somebody who can come in here and just have order and understand what it really takes. And that was the biggest issue for Denver. So I I really like Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos to, to do extremely well. Welcome back to Speak. Now, everybody loves ranking a list. And Patrick Mahomes is coming off his second Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. So it got us thinking, where in the world would we rank our quarterbacks going into next season? The season has concluded, and Pat Mahomes stands atop the list. But how about the rest of the quarterbacks in the top five going into next season? Well, as you all know, number one, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes if I'm ranking QBs going into next season. But after Patrick Mahomes, it's very simple for me. Joe Burrow, he too has gone to a Super Bowl, and he's played at a consistently high level for the last two years. Number three is the person who just came off a Super Bowl, and we've seen him play at a high level, not as long as Joe Burrow, but a high level nonetheless. The second team All-Pro in Jalen Hurts. Number four, Josh Allen. You cannot deny his talent. His talent is up there with anybody in the National Football League, but now he has to find a way to make his talent add up. At number five, lastly, rounding out my list, how about Lamar Jackson when he is on the field? You could argue there is no player as dynamic as him. You got Patrick Mahomes. I got Joe Burrow. I got just I got Jalen Hurts. I got Josh Allen. I got Lamar Jackson. And my first out, my first alternate, Deshaun Watson. I truly believe that the Cleveland Browns roster, the running backs, along with Amari Cooper, and if Deshaun Watson actually has a year with the organization, he will be back to play off and play off winning form. That is my top five list. As I come to the desk, Dave, you're raising an eyebrow, but you're not actually that upset. <laughs> I, I'm, I, upset might not be the right word. I'm kind of floored by, by the first one out, honestly. I'm pretty shocked. But my top five, is you're content with my top five. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to talk trash on Lamar Jackson, but he's missed a lot of time over the last two seasons. I don't mind that one, but Sean Watson, man. Like, he's, he's barely played the last two years, and when he did come back, he looked Bad. If you criticize my six, I'll take that. It's been a long time since Deshaun Watson played good football. Let me see your list then, Dave Hellman. Where are you at? All right, we don't need to spend too much. Well, we can, I mean, first two, fine. We're going to do Pat. We're going to do Joe. I got Josh Allen. Then I got Justin Herbert. And yes, Aaron Rodgers. Look, here's, this is the conversation we've been having all week. 
recency bias. Jalen Hurts, here's can we can we have an honest conversation about this? I will. I'd love to. It's not crazy or disrespectful to have Jalen Hurts ranked sixth in the league considering where he was when this season started. Like when this season started, I personally wasn't sure if he would be the Eagles quarterback of the future. That he was I he was considered the weak link of this team. That's not like wild to say, like that was a pretty common consensus and he played great. He was a second team, all pro got into the Super Bowl, lost to Patrick Mahomes. You know what that sounds a lot like to me? It sounds like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's got one second team, all pro. No, of course he's never made it to a Super Bowl, but guess what? By virtue of playing in the AFC, he's got to play Patrick Mahomes sooner than Jalen Hurts does. Doesn't it sound more like Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts are actually the quarterbacks came into the league in the same I year. I disagree because went jo- to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow has done, has now played at an MVP-ish level for two straight years. That's all. That's all I'm saying with Jalen Hurts. This was a wonderful start. To be sixth in the league after your third season and your first good season is not strange. Joe Burrow's done it twice. Josh Allen's been on uh, been in uh, okay, the handful of best quarterbacks for three this. years. How now. can you look at the 18 game sample size that Jalen Hurts gave you last year, including a Super Bowl appearance? Look at the 17 game sample size that Aaron Rodgers gave you last year, including missing the playoffs to the Detroit Lions last game of the season. How can you look at both of those seasons and reasonably conclude that Aaron Rodgers? you would rather have him next year than Jalen Hurts. I just look at it, 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 there's more to it than one season. Like, again, I think recency bias is such a big deal. Obviously, Jalen Hurts had a much better season than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs than the seasons before that. Again, we did this yesterday, and you agree with me, by the way. We can't just assume Aaron Rodgers is bad now. Of course not. And In fact, he had a pretty good season. It just wasn't on Aaron Rodgers' level. Before we move, I'm not assuming Aaron Rodgers, Will Blackman's former teammate, is I love bad. how Herbert hasn't even come into this conversation yet. <laughs> just saying. But is Aaron Rodgers' second team all pro good? Because that's what Jalen Hurts was yeah. and is. He's MVP good. He did it two years in a row. Like, yeah. we can't just forget that that happened because this year was a step back. And, and this is the infuriating thing about ranking quarterbacks, and it's why I don't like to do it you got to give Jalen Hurts credit for what he did. It's also okay to acknowledge that he had two top ten receivers, the best offensive line in the game, and the best pass rush in the game. Aaron Rodgers didn't have that stuff. A lot of quarterbacks don't have that stuff. And that's just that's why I want to see more. That's why I knew Joey was going to be mad at me. <laughs> no. It's not a slight on Jalen Hurts to say that he's sixth. I don't know if I would have had him in the top 20 before the season started. There, no further questions, Your Honor. Saying. Um, Joy Taylor, where is your top five? <laughs> Mine is the same as yours through four. So Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Allen. At five, I have Justin Herbert, and my first out is Lamar Jackson, only because of the injuries that he's dealt with at the end of the season. I would not have Aaron Rodgers near that. Patrick Mahomes. Happened to lose Tyreek Hill, and he is still at the top of that list. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's oh, well, I mean, I'm just saying that they're good. Then there's a very big gap between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes at this point. We can admit yeah, that. Yeah, yes. yeah, of course. There's of course. a gap between Patrick Mahomes and everybody, in Marvin my opinion. Marvin wrote a very interesting article on FoxSports.com. You should go check out. Comparing. She's smart. She she's is. A, she's very, she's smart. very smart. That's, what, that's where I got this today, so I'm going to give her credit. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill, won a league MVP, Super Bowl MVP in a Super Bowl, and Aaron Rodgers did not make the playoffs and lost to the Detroit Lions in his opportunity to do so. He did do mm. that. Well, Black, so that's that. why he's not in my top six. That, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Um, my, my list. My list is interesting, guys. Okay. So, obviously, number one, number two, right? We all agree. Okay. Uh, but number, number three, I put Jalen Hurts at number three. Okay. Um, with that. Maybe, perhaps, I'm in the moment, but I just love everything that he – epitomizes when it comes to a franchise quarterback. And I like him at number three and just coming off Super Bowl. I like Justin Herbert at four. Aaron Rodgers at five. I'm, puni- I'm punishing Josh Allen. Questions. I'm punishing Josh Allen right now. Good buddy of mine. But when he, when he, uh, when he talked about his elbow in the, in the uh, post-game, post, uh, um, that kind of... You, you're not buying it? You're not buying it? I buy it. Hurt? I buy it. But he looked good playing football. Here's what I'm wondering, though. How in the world can you have Justin Herbert over Josh Allen? Like, Josh Allen has been a second-team MVP. He's been an All-Pro. He's been to the playoffs. Yeah. He's won playoff games. He's this is my first it. out. Let me – can I work my list? Work it. Yeah. You work know, it. And my, this is my first list. My first, my first out is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he, he showed me a ton this year. You got Trevi over, over Josh, Josh Allen? I got Trevor. Listen, listen. 
my, my list is this is my list, okay? okay. And let me in inter- it's interchangeable. <laughs> well, the thing about Will is this is my list. Okay, this is interchangeable. <laughs> it's okay. not interchangeable. Yes, it is. Work, yes, it Will. is. Yes, they, yes, that's how it is. This is what I like right now. Okay. <laughs> right now. My number two, this is what I like right now. I can't, I, 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 I can't make sense of this. Dave Hellman, you seem to be more um, convicted than Will and I'm you. not convicted. You're not convicted. But I'm convicted. Can I see Dave Hellman's list one more time? Yeah, please? throw it, throw we, it up we, there. Let, we let you slide. Throw it up, throw it up. Can we see Dave Hellman's up. list one more time, please? Dave, there was a very peculiar name that I let you slide on because okay. you also have Herbert ahead of Jalen Hurts. I truly can't make sense of it. You're one of the more rational, reasonable people I've worked with in my life. Elaborate on this, please. Look, I just, for better or for worse, there's just there's different ways to view these things. I do not place winning on the same level that you enjoy do. Like, at the end of the day, I don't think quarterback or wins are a quarterback stat, at least not purely. I just don't. Justin Herbert, and again, sample size is important. Justin Herbert has been awesome since he got in the league. Offensive rookie of the year. The Chargers record has gotten better every year that he's been there. The big thing was... Applies to Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay. No, uh, but the numbers, the numbers are, are drastically different. Let's be real. I mean, I, like, you don't need me to go over all but of the stuff we've gone over. Where's your, where's your list again? Can they like, put your list up here, for we'll us? We'll get back to mine. He's third in the NFL in passing yards. Here's, He's fifth in total touchdowns. Most touchdowns and most yards when? through three years in history. 94 touchdowns to 35 interceptions. When it's almost 3-1. When does he have to win a playoff game? for you to stop caring so much about the stats and care about the winning? Because you do care about winning a little. I do care about winning. But I'm, okay, but again, he's he's clearly below three guys that have won in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts won in the playoffs. Went to a Super Bowl. It, it, I, 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 I grade on a two-year a scale. Year, I don't know what you want me to say. I, I, for two years, he hasn't won a playoff game. And Hurts went to the playoffs two years in a row. Okay, got him in the corner. Okay, you, you absolutely know 2021 Jalen Hurts was not the guy we saw this year. No, 16 touchdowns, right, 9 fine. interceptions. I'll put Josh Allen at four. <laughs> <laughs> Will's fine. been doing his own math fine. over there. Will's been over here doing Josh his own Allen math. Don't let us, don't let us Josh Allen four. Don't let us know changing it. What do you mean? I respect y'all opinions. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Josh Allen at four. I didn't mean cut y'all off. I'm just thinking out loud. What's your updated list? Out loud, please, sir. Okay. Mahomes won Burrow. Jalen. Jalen, Josh, Aaron. Done. And Herbert's moved to <laughs> Herbert moved back to six. Herbert moved back to that, six. That makes sense to me. See, we grade these things differently. Winning is important. I say this all the time. The way that I evaluate like how I feel about quarterbacks is if you're drafting playground style and you're just you don't know anything about the rest of your team, you're starting with the quarterback and that's all you know. That's the order I would do it in. Right now, based on quarterback play, I would draft Justin Herbert. Over Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts can't continue to ascend. I think it's pretty damn good. Like I said, the guy you are the, You are the problem with GMs today. Why? They're drafting just only on ability, not what they can do with the intangibles. Mentally. I mean, Jalen Hurts you is You fall in low with the big arm. It's more than that. I just, I can't believe we live in a world where saying the guy is sixth best in the league is like seen as a slight, considering he wasn't on anybody's radar before the season started. But you got to update the resume. He's sixth. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs>